this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Your car breaks down in the middle of the highway and won't start. A friendly driver pulls over nearby and gets out some jumper cables, connecting your car to his. A few sparks, and your car comes back to life. And that's how life began on Earth. Sort of. There's a theory that life was jump-started on Earth like this billions of years ago. It all started with clouds in the sky. We've all been there, sitting by the window on a rainy day. You wanted to go out and have fun. But the rain pouring outside made you want to stay in bed and snuggle. Still, the lightning and thunder are keeping you awake. With nothing better to do, you think about how lightning even forms. Like I said, clouds and many other things. You see, when a storm occurs, cold air and warm air meet. The warm air goes up to create thunderstorm clouds, which produce droplets. And the cold air below has ice crystals in it. During a storm, the droplets and crystals have a little mosh pit and move all around. All that bumping and grinding creates electrical charges in the clouds. If you ever replaced batteries on a remote, then you've seen a plus and minus sign on either end of the battery. The plus is where the positive charge is, and the minus is home to the negative one. And just like batteries, clouds have their own plus and minus. The positive charges are kept at the top, and the minus is, you guessed it, at the bottom. So when the charge at the bottom generates enough power, the cloud lets out energy. As the energy travels through the air, it seeks out positively charged objects, like a pole or a tree. And when it finds it, the energy is released and lightning strikes. These bolts of lightning can hit anything on the ground or travel from cloud to cloud. And thunder occurs because of the hot and rapidly expanding air. So. Billions of years ago, the Earth wasn't quite like today. Thunderstorms were a lot more frequent than now, and life was still in its beta phase of things. These lightning bolts may have been the key to kickstart life by producing one of the most important minerals for life, phosphorus. DNA, RNA, and cell membranes wouldn't exist without it. It's essential in all stages of our life, from growth and mobility to reproduction. Everything that makes up who we are is in our DNA, those twirly things with proteins latched onto them. So what do lightning bolts and phosphorus have to do with each other? Does phosphorus flash in the sky whenever a thunderstorm happens? Not really. When lightning strikes the ground, it creates something called fulgurites, or in English, glassy minerals fused in the heat caused by the lightning. And when they appear, they take on the shape of the lightning bolt when it strikes the ground. Some new studies suggest that fulgurites could release phosphorus when dissolved in water. When doing so, phosphorus is able to form biomolecules, which help in forming life. Back then, volcanoes were also pretty big on erupting frequently. So with ancient hot springs, you'd expect lightning to strike down nearby and produce fulgurites next to those hot sources of water. Scientists were able to estimate that during the early days of Earth, one to five billion lightning flashes were able to occur. So, in the next billion years or so, 
we can expect one quintillion lightning strikes. Yeah, that's a lot of zeros. With all those flashes and strikes, phosphorus was able to grab its chance to start life when dissolved in water. And of course, not just phosphorus, but a mix of many chemicals and minerals were needed to perfect this recipe. Another theory on how life began on Earth starts all the way in outer space, far away from our little blue planet. Flying through the vastness of space were meteorites. Life on Earth began roughly 4 billion years ago, and these meteorites were busy flying all over the place, with many of them hitting Earth in its earliest shape. Scientists claim these meteorites carried chemicals essential to creating life. Some of those important ingredients were carbon-based compounds, including sugars and amino acids. And they needed wet and dry cycles to bond on a molecular level to finalize the process. So once life was injected into Earth, we got to see the first organisms that were around 3.7 billion years ago. Keep in mind, there wasn't much oxygen floating around or in the water compared to now. But these microscopic organisms, or microbes, left their mark with a certain carbon molecule produced by living things. But life as we know it today wouldn't happen without oxygen, that invisible element that keeps everything alive. So around 2.4 billion years ago, these microbes began changing and became Earth's first photosynthesizers. They made their lunch and dinner using water and the sun rays while releasing oxygen in the process. With many of these new organisms, the rise of oxygen made the environment harsher for microbes. But it was starting to become the baseline for life's groovy track. A new party popped out for those who could dig oxygen. You see, mammals and other organisms have multiple cell types. Bone cells, skin cells, muscle cells, you name it. These microbes were single-celled organisms. So with the rise of oxygen, many of these microbes began moving in with other microbes. I don't mean being roommates in a shared apartment. They actually merged with other microbes to become multi-celled organisms. Pretty clever, huh? Fast forward a couple billion years, and we have some of our first animals to ever exist. So actually, around 800 million years ago, the oxygen levels in the ocean and seas still weren't as high as they are today. But one of the earliest creatures on Earth were sponges. Scientists were able to determine this by studying DNA on rock samples dating back to when sponges first appeared. They also claim that sponges sped up the rise of oxygen levels by eating bacteria, removing them in their decomposition phase. Then, around 580 million years ago, more creatures began to appear. The oxygen levels were starting to be acceptable for life to flourish, and many other bizarre-looking creatures inhabited the ocean floor. Even the oldest kind of jellyfish were around. They looked like tiny aliens from another planet. <laughs> I wouldn't want to find any of those in my drink. And around 40 million years after the end of that period, many of these strange creatures began to disappear. It was then that scientists were able to find evidence of worm-like creatures that were able to burrow in the ocean floor. This is probably one of the first signs of evolution for survival. Then, around 530 million years ago, evolution cranked it up a notch. There were many new creatures out there with new and never-before-seen body parts. Shells and spines and other body parts allowed some of these new animals to further survive and burrow their way around the ocean floor. And shortly after, a couple of million years, the first true primitive vertebrae appeared in something that looks like an eel. 
This was the creature with the first backbone. Over the next million years, many of these animals began to form skeleton-based and cartilage bodies. And after much splitting, amphibians appeared and four-legged animals began to walk the Earth's surface. It's also worth noting that there were many mass extinctions that happened along the way. But in the end, life kept evolving. And with many plants and animals emerging, the landscape was changing in the process. Many natural disasters occurred along with ice ages that froze the land and seas. To add to the overall chaos, plenty of volcanic eruptions and earthquakes continued to change the look and landscape of the Earth. The first primates emerged around 4 million years ago. And ever since then, apes and monkeys began to branch out into their own category until humans eventually came into the picture. By understanding these theories, scientists are able to observe other planets with similar conditions. We could actually witness the birth of life on another planet. Of course, this would take billions of years to happen, but I wouldn't want to miss it.